Hi, everyone. Welcome to Life on Earth podcast. I am Natalie Cry, your host. It's so nice to be here with you. You guys have been on my mind and I've been really wanting to get a show back on air. This past month, I spent quite a lot of time in Colorado where I taught a very intimate and sweet retreat, creating space and awareness and expansion. And I also taught a workshop at Durango Yoga, so that was fantastic. If you're in Durango area, definitely recommend visiting that lovely yoga studio. It was quite amazing, and I met some very special ladies, and I hope that you are listening to this episode right now, new friends. Follow that. I was in Telluride. Telluride is one of my favorite cities in the United States and possibly the world as well. It was fantastic to meet Colin Houdon, the founder and creator of Living Tea. Their website is livingtea.net. This is where I get most of my teas for bowl tea practice in the mornings, uh, tea ceremonies, any type of tea servings that I had at my yoga studio and offer now at my yoga training school. We love teas. We love the living teas and we also love the tea community. So it was special to share a bowl of tea with Colin while in in, uh, Colorado and Telluride. The trip also involved some hiking, artwork, saw some really neat things, went to some really cool spots, met new people, all of which were very inspiring and I'm very grateful for as well as getting back home. Getting back home has been lovely. You know, traveling, I love traveling because you expand your awareness, your mind, and you see and you meet new people, and all of that is so cool. But there's also something so special being back home and being grounded, which to me, as you all know, is super important. Of course, I missed my house so much. So, all right, you guys, today's episode, we are going to go into a session that I recorded for my training school. We have these Zoom sessions almost every week, once a week. Sometimes we have some guest teachers that will come, guest speakers, and participate in them. And some of them, I, it is done through me, who are in the in my training school. You can check out nataliecarad.com and then go to the members portal, and there are options for you to join those calls monthly. Those calls, many times, are uh, people who are in my 200-hour training school, and then I have a 300-hour training school, as well as people who are, you know, already certified, whether it's 200, 300, or next level, whatever, 500, and they're doing continuing education, which is called YACEP in our field. However, these sessions are also available for for those of you who are just need or want some inspiration and some community. And I love the Zoom. I love the online thing because no matter where you are on the planet, no matter what time it is for you or for me, we can get together there. And if you can't be a part of one of these sessions, you get the recording of the session, which is amazing too. So that's what I'm going to share with you today. The session was about tapas, uh, keeping the tapas, which is the fire on the mat and off the mat. So sort of like living your yoga on and off the mat. I go into um, sharing with you all an interview that I heard with Billy Bob Thornton, and he explains this sort of um, knowing yourself and how to find your calling in this world and how he went about, and his case is acting, right? Because Billy Bob Thornton is an actor. But for us, it would translate as teaching. But as I say many times throughout this episode, really you can translate it into anything in your life, whether you're a mom, whether you're a dad and you're trying to be a better dad, whether you're just trying to find yourself with a capital S while you're just wanting to find your calling or you want to show up in your business or your your work environment in a just a way that it feels more authentic, that you are sharing from a place of authenticity, a place of clarity, that is what tapas will bring into your life. And we also go into the notion of santosha, which is contentment. So finding that kind of balance, right, that equanimity between those two polarities of like try and go get it, just like Nike says, just do it. And here you are also be content with what you have and grateful because life is a gift. So 
join me in this episode. We go much deeper. A big thank you to all of you who pre-ordered Living Life in Light, A Yogi's Journey. This is my book that is launching this month. We had a couple of hiccups and setback on the launch date, but all good, all is well. The pre-order had a few print mistakes, so thank you guys so much for the patience and for ordering it. It wasn't that much, but still, I do want to let you know that the book is all completely ready for the big launch. All of those tiny little things that needed adjustment has already been adjusted. And I can't wait for you guys to get a copy of it. Help me out. As anyone who publishes a new book, we Amazon reviews are extremely important. So I am asking you to take some time off your day, log into your Amazon account, and leave me a great review. It will totally help me spread the message of the book, which I... My intention with this book was that it, to make it very much so user-friendly, very easy read. Some people that have read it wrote to me that they literally read it in a couple of days or one day even or a week. It's one of those books that you open, you can read super easy and fast. It was intentional to make it really easy, very approachable, user-friendly. You can read it from beginning to end. I always say ask a message with your heart space open on a page and see what is in the cards for you because there's a lot of really cool messages in the book, stuff that you can pick here and there to choose to work with. What is happening? I have two teacher trainings, yoga teacher trainings and deepening your practice that are about to launch. One in New Orleans at Live Oak Yoga and the other one launching even before that one is uh, Loft Yoga Base St. Louis in Mississippi. So if you are interested in 200-300 continuing education and want to work with me in person, please email natalie at lifeonearth podcast.com and we will find a way to work together. There are Zoom sessions which you can use for continuing education, for credit, for anything that you wish. And also we have some amazing online courses including the Chakra Healing, Chakra Balancing course which is on lifeonearthpodcast.com. You can take the course. I have a handful of people that are going through it. There's lots of really cool things in the course, audios, meditations, and just some jewels that you have to find out for yourself. But I think that you will, it will really expand your mind. It will work, open your mind, and you'll have a very sort of new practical concept of the chakras uh, that will really enhance your life on and off the mat. So... Again, this episode right now is for everyone. You don't need to be a yogi to listen to it and to get something out of it. In fact, you might really, it might even surprise you. It might, and you might be like, wow, this is something, you know, these concepts and ideas, they are universal. And if you want to use it as a yogi, amazing. And if you don't do yoga, but you want to use it just as a tool to enhance your life, amazing too. Thank you for being with me. Follow me on Instagram, communicate. I get messages every day and I've, I've been loving the back and forth that we've been having. I've been much more active in my DMs on Instagram and I've been getting to know people from all over. And to know that you love the podcast and that you're here with me still and that the community is growing, it's just really amazing. I mean, I feel uh, very grateful and I feel this big love, big light in my heart just to know that this is happening. So wherever you are, have an amazing day. Go on iTunes, give us a five-star review, and let's just shoot to continue creating great content for the community, for Life on Earth podcast, for the whole podcast community. And if you have any requests, if you have anything that you like me to cover or somebody that you like me to interview, please send it to me and I will make it a point to get through and to get to it. These past few months particularly has been a lot because getting a book to come out and trying to do the other elements of my life, it was, I don't want to say challenging because I honestly really love every part of the way and I had a really great time with everything mostly. Some days were, you know, a lot of, of course, some days you can get aggravated with some of the nitty gritty, but for the most part, I mean, this is really something that I really thrive on doing. However, it can be kind of a lot. Maybe I put too much to do. And then sometimes it's just like you can't get to everything. But things are starting to cool 
down and I'm excited for it. Now it's kind of fun is just promoting, promoting, promoting. So here's another thing I want to put out. I am starting to think of some little lunch parties that I want to go with the book. I did do some of that, a little bit of that in Colorado and it went amazing in the places I went. So I'm looking now for a few spots to have a little sort of mini book gathering, probably in New Orleans uh, at the moment and maybe in the North Shore of New Orleans and maybe a few places uh, nearby. But from now to December, not too far because I got to get these trainings launched as well and then other places. So if you have ideas, shoot them, send them to me. Enjoy this episode. I hope you're doing amazing. Thank you so much for all of your support. I think you're just fantastic all of you and you're you know you're such a light in the world i believe in you thank you for believing in me and let's keep the ball rolling and just grow our community much love and much light welcome to life on earth the peace project a podcast that teaches you how to connect with the divine and transform darkness into light through topics from yoga to nature and ultimately, love. Join your host, Natalie Kwa, to celebrate and encourage diversity, peace, and global equality, one earthling at a time. Keeping the tapas on and off the mat, it's uh, tapas. What is tapas? So tapas is comes up in the eight limbs of yoga as part of together the group of yamas and niyamas. And tapas a lot of times is translated as heat or inner fire or that fire that burns within. But I like to, I have like various ways that I look at tapas and I can actually grab my book and do a little read up for you guys about it as well. This is my book I'm reading from Living Life in Light. And uh, we do cover the eight limbs of yoga But one um, thing that for me, at least, you know, everything in philosophy is perspective, right? But for me, one thing about tapas that really resonates with me is that discipline. You know, I've been a yogi. I've been practicing yoga for a long time, probably 20 years now or more, probably more, actually. (laughs) Yes, more. (laughs) But One thing that uh, the word tapas had extreme significance for me because Patanjali says the yogi needs tapas. And basically, on times that I thought that I didn't have the energy or didn't have the resources or I didn't have the, you know, or I just was kind of feeling down and I didn't really want to move forward in either my personal practice or sometimes as teaching as well. And they're both connected. We'll talk about that in the session. The concept of tapas was really what made me kind of do it. Because one of the things that I understand about tapas is that when you tap into that energy and that frequency of tapas of really kind of like that Nike commercial, just do it, it will tell you, even if you don't feel like rolling your mat and doing your sun salutations, just do it, right? So even if you don't feel like going to the gym, you still got to do it. So there's some kind of sacrifice, but there's also, it's a beautiful sacrifice because you are sacrificing but you know that you're going to get so much more in return. So even like if I've been at times in my life wanting to observe what I eat and maybe eating a little bit more in the sense of ahimsa, nonviolence, there are times that you want to kind of fall off the wagon and you don't want, you say, oh, you know what, I just want to eat whatever and I'm not going to do what I said I was going to do. And then you have that thing, which is the tapas, which is really the discipline, which is really the having you do it no matter what type of thing that comes in as a fire that burns within, at least that is my understanding. And I do think about the eight limbs very often in my life. And even sometimes when I'm not really consciously thinking, oh, I'm going to think about the eight limbs, it just is part of the eight limbs, right? Living your life in a himsa or trying to find that inner fire that burns within to carry your life on, to do the things that you say you're going to do to become what you want to become. That kind of discipline comes from this strength, this inner strength that Patanjali describes as tapas. And it can be to anything. I mean, we were talking about yoga practice. We were talking about, you know, yoga teachings, but I also mentioned now 
food. And the reason why I mention that is because, yes, yeah, so if I made a commitment, I'm going to go on this cleanse, right? This ahimsa diet, whatever, when eat just really healthy vegetables or whatever for 10 days. And then what happens is that you might want to go, you, maybe you're going to a party or you're going somewhere in that kind of, you know, you want to kind of fall off the wagon, but you go back to the energy, the principle of tapas. And what it does is that immediately it will say, you know what, there's a reason why I want to sacrifice at this time being, there's a reason why I'm not going to do that. You know, I'm not going to eat that food or I'm not going to drink that cocktail or whatever it is for the greater good, because I am on a mission and I have this thing that I really want to accomplish that I set myself to do and I'm going to do it. And I think that that's what tapas is, at least like to me, it's that burning. That's why a lot of times we translate it as a burning fire, as this fire within. Also, a lot of times uh, the word discipline comes up when you're talking about tapas because Fire, you know, has always been this really powerful conduit, a transformational thing in many different cultures, right? So the element of fire is used in Native American Indians, the Vikings, uh, I mean, Europe. People can talk about fire on a very, like, mundane, very physical level. It burns things. And then when you're talking about it on a psychological level or you're talking about it on a mental level, you, you use that analogy of the fire burning and, you know, and really transforming you to the next level of your existence. So for me, this is why the word tapas in the fire and the heat in the yoga practice or that the yogi, as Patanjali says, the yogi must have tapas. And for somebody who's tuning into this talk right now, if you don't know about the eight limbs of yoga or Patanjali, the Yoga Sutras, if you get my book, Living Life in Light, I explain yoga philosophy and I give just sort of a very friendly uh, crash course on it. And basically, the Patanjali is a book of what yoga is, when is the time for yoga, which is now, according to Patanjali, always now. And then this is the guideline of how to move through this yogi lifestyle, try to become an agent of peace in the planet, on planet Earth, in our world. And so if you want to do that, if you're on a quest for the self with a capital S, ultimately enlightenment, how do you do it? How do you go about it? You know, asana, which is what most of us know of yo as yoga of, is the third limb of the eight limbs of yoga is only one. And there's a few mentions of asana in the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali, but you know, of a physical practice, but not much, really. So, you know, it's just, and one can also, I always say, like say this, one can also live this kind of yoga lifestyle and choose perhaps not to practice asana because maybe you're not going, I mean, I do, but not everybody's like us. So, you know, it's just one way, um, but there are many. So I'm going to try to read for you guys about my uh, little write-up on tapas from Living Life and Light. Tapas is basically part of the niyamas. The first niyama is saucha, which means purification, purity, cleanliness. Then we have santosha, which santosha is commitment and being grateful and also a contentment, right? So it's just not that kind of super happy feeling, not that but not like, oh, I'm miserable type of thing, just kind of um, santosha. And the reason why I'm bringing up santosha is because they, they go together. I really believe, as we know, the, the sutras and the eight limbs kind of all intertwine. They all kind of dance together. They're not separate on their own. And I really believe that these two are very powerful together because the contentment of okay, I'm just going to be grateful for what I have in the present moment, right? This isn't not might be, it is enough. Like it's enough. Like what you have right now, it's a beautiful thing. In fact, the fact that we are alive, the fact that we, uh, each and every one of us who are listening to this or here on this Zoom session with me right now, or even on planet Earth, right? Uh, the fact that we have a human body and that you're alive, you have a consciousness, you have an awareness, you have a mind, it's quite a miracle. Life is quite a miracle. And I don't think we should ever take it for granted. I think it should always be 
treat it as a gift. When you see life as, as a gift and you see that you being alive in this exact moment, it truly is a miracle. You begin to be very grateful for everything that you are and everything that you do. And when you are grateful for everything that you do and everything that you are, you have no other option than open your eyes each and every day when the sun is rising or, you know, with each new day and say, thank you. I am very blessed and I'm very grateful for being here and looking at your situation and being content with who you are and what you have, what was given to you. And always know that, you know, there's worse situations on the planet and there's always better as well. Of course, there's many different levels of awareness. And I really do believe that we co-create our universe, our own universe. So you do have the ability to change whatever it is that you're dissatisfied with in your life. And so here is where this is why I think this works so beautifully together, because the next thing that he gives us after contentment and santosha is tapas. So, okay, now I'm telling you to be content, okay? That's what basically Patanjali is saying. However, I'm going to give you one thing here, one little loop to work around this too. Not just be contentment and just not do anything, you know, go sit on your couch all day and do nothing. No, I'm going to say you also need this inner fire, this tapas, which is the fire that burns within. You also need that what the Nike commercial says, just do it. So whatever it is that you want to be, whatever it is that you want to do in your life, take that next step. Just do it. Sometimes, you know, we think about things way too much, whether it's getting married or getting engaged or breaking up with somebody or like starting a new job or changing careers or whatever it is, right? A, a hard relationship that we have with a family member, whatever. So it's kind of like, Instead of trying to get so overwhelmed and think about what life is going to be like in five years or in 10 years, or this is not what I imagine my life to be at this moment. Well, how about we just say, what is the next step? Like in that direction, right? Of what I really want. What is the next step in that direction? And is it worth it for me to take, to put that amount of energy, to take that little step? And if it is just all that, potentially is asking you to do is to just do it. And that's tapas for me. You know how many times I can share with you guys over, you know, 20 something years that, let me just be completely honest. There's times that I didn't feel like practicing yoga on the mat and I didn't. I mean, I think we can all relate to that, right? I mean, that, that happens like, oh, I, I'm going to practice tomorrow. I got up. Oh, I don't feel like practicing. I don't, I'm just kind of feeling lazy. Okay. You don't practice. I mean, I don't know a person that that hasn't happened. I mean, maybe there is people out there that are ultra disciplined, you know, but for me, like that's something that has clearly happened. And okay. So then you don't practice that day. Then just, you know, what I would say to that person is there's always tomorrow. And that's what I tell to myself and, you know, do the best you can until you can do better and then do better. But then there's those days that you're like, you say, you're going to practice, you get up and you're like, I don't want to practice. And then there's this like bling, 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 tapas, this like inner fire that comes in and just says this inner voice to me that says, just do it. Just roll your mat, come to Tadasana, Samastiti. I'm just giving an example. My first thing is going to be sun salutation A. Just get to the front of the mat, stand up tall, take a deep breath, inhale, exhale, find that that breath really helps me to begin my practice. And then inhale, reach the arms up, exhale, fold forward. And, you know, all you have to do is have that little tapas to carry you through the first three sun salutations. I'm saying first three because that's usually me. Maybe it's first five things for you or, or maybe one thing for you. Maybe it's one sun salutation for you. After that, it just flows. After that, it's like, whoa, okay, here I am. And even if your practice was like 25 minutes, you did it. You did it. This is why I have this little online course for anybody who wants it. It's called 21 Day Yoga Challenge. And it's the sequence that when I guide you through it, I think it's about 30, 35 minutes. There's an audio in it. And my challenge is, you know, I've had people reach out to me and say, well, I thought this challenge that you were doing, it was about like a different yoga sequence every day. So this is not what I was looking for because yours is so simple. And I'm like, well, this is precisely what I was going for. 
all I'm doing here is I'm trying to get people to get consistent with their yoga practice. All I'm doing is saying, hey, if we had one sequence, the same sequence, I'd give two different variations for that sequence, just little things like if you don't want to go upside down, you can do pigeon pose, you know, but two little things. And I'm not talking about an hour. I'm not talking about two hours. I'm talking about average 30 minutes. Could you do that for 21 days? That's the challenge. Now, in the challenge, it asks you to take one day off a week. So out of seven days, you do six days. That is the classical sort of Mysore style Ashtanga yoga, which is many of you know, it's my background is how one of my teachers, Patabi Joyce, uh, used to teach. And on times in my life that I had a lot of fire, that I was like, go, 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 go. I wanted to practice seven days a week, you know, and then I ha- I'm very grateful that I had this wise man say to me, take one day off. Take one day off to just sleep in, to get a massage, take care of your body, whatever you want to do. But today you're just going to relax, which because, you know, as we know, as the Buddha says, right, there's a strain. You can pull it too much to one end or the other. The same way that, you know, maybe you're not going to practice ever and you just kind of lose your practice, which that happens with some people. You could also go too intense with your practice to a point that is not balanced anymore. And I think we can do that with a lot of things in life, which is why yoga, from my understanding, it's a practice of equanimity. Equanimity, like how can we find the dance of, you know, the yin and the yang, the masculine and the feminine. And so the Buddha says there is a string, if you pull it too hard in one direction or the other, it breaks. So just like in yoga, in Buddhism, it's about finding that equanimity, that space that's like, you know, and everything begins with self-love. Everything begins with ahimsa. Ahimsa is the first yama. It sets the tone for everything else. We know enough to know that if you don't love yourself, you can't love another. Maybe you can. It's It's just a per se thing, but it really begins with you. You know, so you are the ultimate beloved. I have heard many of my teachers say this. I have heard many wise people say this. And I now have come to a point that I really deeply understand that. Taking care of ourselves. And why am I saying this with the concept of tapas? Because my my goal here, if there's a goal, is not to have you beat yourself up because you didn't do your yoga practice. Or let's change that for meditation practice. Beat yourself up because you didn't do your meditation practice. And yeah, yoga is the whole umbrella, is the whole nine yard. Or beat yourself up because you you didn't do the diet that you said you were going to do. You slipped off the walk. I'm not saying that. I mean, I don't believe in that. That would be uh, not going by the concept of ahimsa. You know, forgive yourself, forgive others, learn, grow from your mistakes, do better when you can do better. And that's just a big lesson. But what I am saying is that there is also this thing of, yes, there is a certain amount of discipline that involves in any spiritual practice that I've ever heard about. And in fact, in life, you know, for me, it's really hard to differentiate the life and spiritual practice because my life is a spiritual practice. So I, you know, I live this spirituality every day, at least I try, and I make tons of mistakes just like everybody else. But this is a practice that requires, you know, life sometimes is challenging for us to live in this world, even talking from a very third dimensional angle, you need to be disciplined, you need to follow through with your commitments. When you say you're going to be somewhere, do that. That's something that I have a very big pet peeve with a lot of people. And it's something that I hold the standards, the bar very, very high for myself. It is possible, though, again, I went on that other extreme for this situation. Even when I was super burnt out or had, you know, not feeling well at all, maybe like even like an illness, like a big cold or something, I would show up. And the lesson there is, come on, have some self-love. Don't, yeah, if you have a major headache, it's better to cancel. But it is very rare that you will see me not following through with one of my commitments or 
you know, meeting a girlfriend for lunch if I said I was going to meet. I mean, of course, if emergency happens, life happens, then yes. But or not teaching a yoga class that I said I was going to teach. It's got to be something related to almost like, you know, health. And again, health could be mental health, right? Sometimes we're just not well mentally. We might Maybe we're depressed. That's the reason uh, to cancel something. But my point is I try as best as I can to do what I say that I was going to do. And, you know, if your contracts, if your commitments in your contracts change, I think it is our duty to then reevaluate the contracts, right? Because that can always happen. Even marriages, you can reevaluate. In fact, some of the best marriages I have ever seen, meaning friends of mine who are married that I really respect for many years, what I have heard from them is that they've consistently reevaluated their marriage and their contracts, you know, over and over again throughout the years to say, listen, I don't feel like this or I don't think like this anymore. What about you? And then you renegotiate, right? You renegotiate that contract because that way you can both show up to what you say you're going to show up. And if for whatever reason, the renegotiation can't happen. And listen, this could be, we could say a yoga studio that you're working for. You know, we could say a yoga class that you committed to teaching, Uh, Maybe you were crazy about vinyasa flow yoga for 10 years. And maybe after 10 years, that was just not your thing anymore. So you can start uh, not showing up, like letting the tapas completely fall through the drain and be like, whatever, washed in. And people are going to start noticing, well, this is something weird with this person. Or you could approach the studio owner, you know, and have to be very honest with your students but approach the studio owner manager first and say, look, I'm just not feeling it. Vinyasa flow is not for me anymore. However, I have this other thing that I'm really into and I'm exploring it. And, you know, I'm just going to give it another silly example of restorative yoga or whatever yoga, you know, and I want to do that. And I want to do that. And I'm really passionate about that. Can we switch? Can we switch the time or can we switch this? And then you renegotiate, you know, then and then hopefully because this is a call for a lot of people who are professionals in the yoga industry, I was going to say even in that situation, you really definitely need to teach to what you advertise. So on then you have to change the class description, change the title of the class and ask yourself, what level is this class? I'm really big into teaching to what you advertise in. I'm one of those people that I like to know where I'm going for the most part. Yes, there's some room for um, spontaneity and last minute stuff. But if I go to a restaurant and I order pizza, bring me pizza. Don't bring me a salad. (laughs) You know what I mean? So it's the same kind of thing, I think, with everything. And we fall into this trap of with relationships and with really everything is a relationship yeah relationship with a significant other is a relationship a relationship with your family is a really a work relationship with people that you work with clients or students is a relationship and maybe one of the things that we fall into the trap is when we commit to something that maybe worked for us for x amount of time right and then for some reason, we don't reevaluate that. It's almost like it's black and white. And then that's it for the rest of your life. I mean, your life is you're consistently evolved, especially if you're doing this type of work that we're talking about. Like in 2019, 2020, this type of work, you're moving at like light speed. I'm going to tell you guys that right now. So if you're doing this type of work, chances are you're going to be evolving really, really fast. So what do you have to do? You have to have a conversation with yourself over and over again. And I don't mean like, you know, going crazy about it, maybe a couple times a year or three times a year or every other, whatever it is that you need. But in that conversation is with yourself, which is why I'm a huge fan of journaling. I'm a huge fan of meditation because know yourself. Know yourself with a capital S. Know who you are. What is it that you stand for? What is it that you want to represent? And let me tell you right now that if you stood for something four years ago and you don't feel like you stand for it anymore, it's okay. It's okay to change. 
But the cool thing about this is that you can practice another great concept for us, satya, truth. Be true to yourself. I mean, when you're being honest and truth to yourself, you are doing everyone around you a huge, huge favor. It's a huge blessing. When you're being true to yourself, you're being true to everyone around you. Not only you're enhancing your life, but you're enhancing the life of others. We get very attached to ideas, to notions, to concepts, to contracts, to things that we said and we thought, and, and we're not living in the present moment when we do that. You know, yes, there's a level of commitment, discipline. There's a level of, you know, following through with your contracts, of course. But there's also a level of, like, being true to who you really are. That's one thing that I love about tapas is because it's that inner fire that really makes us, like, reevaluate, again, where we are over and over again so that we can step into the fire of transformation in our lives and also giving us the discipline to follow through the things that we want to follow through and that we need to follow through without going too much in that crazy direction that you become super type A, that nothing is ever good enough for you. Because guess what? If that's the case, you're not practicing santosha, contentment. And contentment comes before tapas. So if one thing builds upon the other. You know, we all know somebody or have been that person or who is never happy. Like never, you could give them the world. They say they want something and then they get there, that's not good enough. And then they say they want something else and they get there, that's not good enough. Well, guess what? That person needs some major self-work, sit, meditate, journal, do yoga, whatever it takes, because obviously it's not about the others. It's that's something within your own self. I would go really deep into the concept of Santosha if I was that person and stop thinking about 10 years from now, five years from now, six months from now, and be happy with what you have right now. Like in this present moment, you know, yoga happens in the now joy. Joy is a feeling that we can only have in the present moment in the right now. So some of the things that I have here, for us to explore is know who you are and have a strong sense of yourself. That's one thing that I would really emphasize on. The other thing is what are your commitments? There is a great interview on Oprah's masterclass podcast. She interviewed Billy Bob Thornton, who I never really know knew very well, but just accidentally came across this interview actually today as I was driving and it popped on my thing and it was crazy because I was preparing for this lecture and so much of what he said was on point with tapas and finding your authentic self, you know, living your sort of yoga on and off the mat, like doing the things that you say you're going to do and really kind of finding your way in this life for him, it was acting, and he tells a story how he went to Hollywood, and he also talks a lot about how you can't try to be anybody else, you know? So know your strengths. That's why I say know yourself, because you need to know your strengths. What is it that you're good at? What is it that you can offer the world, the yoga studio, your partner, or your husband, whatever it is, right? And what is it that you cannot because if you know that there's something that you just can't be that, you don't have to be all things for everything. Then just be really honest with the people that you're working with and with yourself and say, you know what, this is just not for me. So he says in his case that there was so many roles in Hollywood that he would just like, don't even audition if it's something that's like, it's not you. But there are things that he is that is him, he can do them very, very well. You know, when I heard that, I thought about yoga teachers because I thought, wow, this is, yes, he's talking about acting, but I think we can generalize this to everyone. It's the same thing with yoga teachers, you know, in many different careers, there's a lot of competition. And so there's always going to be competition, whether you're an actor, whether you're a waiter, a bartender, whether you're a carpenter, whether you're, you work in Hollywood, whether you work, you know, you want to be a yoga teacher, whatever it is. I mean, you talk about being a model, there's competition. I used to do that way back. I mean, there's always going to be that. That's when I hear that. I'm like, well, yeah, welcome to planet Earth. 
So what is it that's going to differentiate you? For one, don't try to be anybody else. How about you try to be you? And how about you try to be the most authentic version of you? Right? So that would be fantastic because I tell you what, there's no one else out there. And this is hands down. There's no one else out there who can be you, who can deliver the yoga class that only you can deliver. So finding that inner voice, right, and finding that inner quality of like how you want to present yourself to the world at this present moment. Remember, you can always reevaluate. And then showing up to the yoga studios or the kids yoga class, or whatever it is that you're going to do with that authenticity. I am not saying go get a degree, whatever it is that people are pursuing degrees or a 200 hour yoga teacher training. No, I'm all about, I mean, I have a training school. I'm all about like get a good education and go to good workshops if it's for acting or do whatever it is that you need to do, like equip yourself, you know, get all that. But then what? Okay, now you have the certification and there's, you know, millions of people on the planet that also have it. Then it's going to be you finding your teaching voice, you finding your way on how to communicate to your students that is authentic to you, that's not trying to be like the woman on the DVD or the woman on YouTube or now it's Instagram that somebody follows. And if you are a person that you're looking too much at these quote-unquote influencers or what this person is doing or what on Instagram, I would say I would give you the exercise to shut down social media completely for 20 days, okay, or more. And then if you work at a yoga studio, if you have, you know, if it's great, if you have one yoga class, then show up for that yoga class once a week and be, do the best you can, be the best version of you. Just really say, okay, I have this certification, you know, so I have all the qualifications. Now it's just me. I'm going to create my own canvas. I'm going to create my own masterpiece in this life and take that first step, okay? And that first step might be that one class a week that you have. And you know, you might have to like prepare for that class, meaning like, you know, if you teach that day, the night before might be a night that, especially if you're a newer teacher, but, but really any, any, I still do that. And I've been teaching for 20 years. If I have something um, that's like a big workshop, or I would say all my workshops to me, they're big workshops. I mean, they're all, you know, they're a class a workshop or a class that I'm showing up, especially now I'm usually like a guest teacher in places I'm going to be very mindful of what kind of energy I let I allow into my space the night before, you know, and that's why sometimes like I have a workshop in some cities, like say like at 1 p.m. And then I have people that will say, hey, you want to get together and go do this at like 11 o'clock? Let's go hang out. Let's go watch a parade. Let's go do this. And I'm like, no, I don't. And you know why? Because to me, it's like a precious time, that time that I'm going to share my energy, whether it's with two people, right, five people, 10 people, or 50 people, or 100, it doesn't really matter, or 1,000. To me, it's all the same. The most important thing is about you. It's not. I'm not telling you that you have to do my recipe. I'm sharing what works for you. If you say I can go to you know all the Mardi Gras parades or whatever, and then I can show up and teach, then you have your answer. You, you don't need me to tell you anything. I'm not trying to change you. What I can tell you is that me, there's only so much energy that I have, and I want my energy to be very clear and very on point with my students when I'm around them. So if I have a workshop at one, most likely I will say no to 90% of the offerings, whether it's a breakfast or something. A parade would never work for me because it's very overwhelming and I just can't do that and then show up to my workshop. So, you know, it could be anything, a party or whatever it is, or even like just getting together for lunch. I might say no to that because I might want to be in a space and a place to really kind of focus, to feel grounded. It's really important that I feel grounded on days that I'm around a lot of people. You know, it's not even about for me, like rehearsing a script or the yoga sequence or no, I'm kind of past that a little, I'll be honest. I mean, it was the first like 
five years of my teachings, maybe even 10. But now it's like, yeah, I've got that part. It's more about being in the right mindset. It's more about being, you know, in a place that I feel clear, that I feel good with myself. So also what happens the night before? Most likely I'm going to have to have something that is chilled that I can feel I'm going to have all my energy available the next day. I've been teaching trainings, you guys, for like, I don't know, like so many years now in workshops, you know, like eight years or seven, whatever. And it's like, I'm saying this because I've been working, imagine this, right? I've been working weekends, right? I've been working weekends for a really long time, probably like over a decade now. And I don't, I try not to work every weekend now, but on the weekends, usually it's when a lot of fun things happen. So how many times have I been asked, whether it was in Los Angeles or New Orleans, do you want to go to a concert on Friday night? Do you want to do, go, come to this concert, come to this thing, come to this party? And how many times I have said, usually, not, I would say 95% of the time, the answer is no. And the answer is no, because I have to be at this thing that I committed to. Now, you know, maybe I'll go with a close friend or something. I'll change that to have like a dinner and, you know, something simple or go watch a movie. And then I just kind of relax. That's just my, but my recipe. But the reason I'm saying is that because I think we all have our own things, right? There is a certain element of sacrifice, which is the discipline, which is the tapas. When you want to show up for something at your, also when you have a vision of like, you're like, I'm on a mission. I want to teach really good quality of teaching. I want to teach a lot of people. I want to be available. I want people, I want like, the way I see it is like, want people come, they learn, it awakens them. They're going to go back home. They're going to awaken their significant others, their friends, their family. So it's like a little domino effect. It's not even that I have to be in the same room as everybody, but I want everybody that I come across, especially in my trainings, my classes, Zoom sessions, whatever, to feel it and to get that and transmit it to somebody else, somebody else. And it's like a domino effect. Then you have the world kind of naturally, organically, you know, awakening. So I'm on this kind of quest and mission. So for me to do that, I need tapas in my life. I need the discipline. There's no other way. And the discipline for me shows in many different forms. That's why I was sharing with you guys the not going out. One of it, yes, not going out if I have teachings on the weekends, which to me, that's quite frankly, a lot of times. And the other one is getting on my yoga mat as much as I can. If I'm not on my yoga mat, because maybe my practice is not feeling that inspired that month, meditation, you know, or hopefully both, or tea ceremonies, tea practice, go be in nature, go get on a kayak, whatever it is that I need to do, I'm also someone who gets very inspired by animals. You know, I need to be around animals. But my question to you is, what inspires you? How we keep the tapas on and off the mat is by knowing who you are. And it's not an answer that's just going to be one answer. It's consistently evolving and changing. So be present with the moment, with all the tools I've already spoke about in this session you know, reevaluate, ask the question over and over again, journal, meditate. The other thing is what inspires you? Surround yourself with things that will give you inspiration. Because as an artist, as a teacher, as somebody who wants to give, right, a lot, you're putting a lot of energy out there. It is very important that we fill our cup so that we can then fill other people's cups, right? And so I really am very interested to know what is it that fills your cup? What are you inspired for? And I would say those things, call it also the frequency of joy, happiness, those things, I want you to do more of that. Okay, I want you to do more of that. And if somebody falls through this talk and you're not a yoga teacher, I am sure you can translate what I'm saying to your individual life situation. Just like when I heard Billy Bob Thornton talking about acting, it resonated with me, you know, 
And I think that this is the concept, these concepts that Patanjali and yoga gives us, they are universal. We can translate it as yoga teachings. And if you're in my teacher training, you're probably thinking about that. A lot of people are already teachers in the training. They're 200 hour, 500 hour, whatever. And they're doing this for continuing education. So, you know, you get the idea. But if you are doing what you need to be doing, it's very important to keep yourself inspired. Inspiration is just such a beautiful thing. And I talk about inspiration on my book as well. I don't remember the page where I would read it to you, but, oh, this is one thing. Okay, I just remembered what is on my book, is that inspiration is, if you're feeling inspired by somebody that's like doing something or living a life that you are inspired by, or you know, in a good way, not like in a jealous way, but like in a good way, is because you are recognizing yourself in them. It was like an aha moment when I realized that, you know, because for a part of it, you can also think, well, wait a minute, why am I, I need to be inspired by these people? Why can I just not look at anybody else, just myself? Well, yeah, you, you got to look at yourself first, but inspiration, like usually, and as life goes by, I find that that is so true. The people that really spark that life within me, that makes me want to live, that makes me want to do what I do, that makes me want to share is because I have recognized a part of myself in them. And we yogis, mainly, we know that we are all one. We are one. We are the same. There is no other. I mean, you know, I know this is like such a hard concept to grasp, but it's like we are connected. We really are. So even right now, if there's anything that I said in this lecture that you're like, oh, that really resonates with me. I'm inspired. It's because that it's you. You know, yoga is simply a remembrance. It's like remembering who you are. It's just awakening something within you that has always been there. And maybe it's just kind of fell asleep. And we just need people. We need teachers. We need mentors. We need artists. We need people in the world to awaken that. You know, we need each other to inspire each other so that we can go out there into the world and then share this spark of energy that's inside you with planet earth. And, you know, if you can affect one life, one life, that's already one life. And that life is a huge, huge thing, right? So I'm going to say that those of you who are teachers really dive into this, see what are the things that inspire you. I'm happy to come up with some journaling questions to go along with this session. And maybe these are journaling questions that I want you to ponder on, to think about. Maybe you're going to answer them and then go back to them in two months from now and answer them again. If you want to just read the questions and like give yourself a week to kind of let it sink in, like you planted the seed and let it sink in, then come back to it, then do that. You know, but those are like some questions that are just very, to me, they're like questions that will really guide you into finding the tapas on and off the mat. And that is what's going to keep you doing what you are doing. I met somebody, I met somebody in Colorado that said, you know, I taught yoga for 10 years. And then I realized that I was completely burned out or whatever, whatever. I don't even know if she used that word, but she said, I then realized that I didn't want to teach it anymore. Then, okay, then that's great. Then maybe you found something else that you're passionate about. Nobody said that you need to be a yoga teacher for the rest of your life. And that takes a lot of wisdom to know when to say yes and know when to say no. And it's the same thing with like yoga classes at a studio, you know, know when to say yes and know when to say no. If somebody asks you to sub a class and you don't want to sub the class for whatever reason, say no. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Please keep me in mind for the next one if that's what you want. Speak your truth. But I'm, I'm not available for this class at the moment. You don't even have to say why. You don't have to say why you can't do it. You just can't do it. And if you're asked to teach something that you're not comfortable with, you can just say, look, I want to teach with you. I want to teach at this space, but I don't teach that kind of method or class. And this is what I have to offer. And I know who I am. And this is what I have to offer. 
And I would love to be a part of whatever it is that you're doing if I can be myself. I mean, <laughs> that is the tapas. So I'm going to read out of page 26 of Living Life in Light. And it just it's just a little blurb on tapas. And it says, the third niyama translates as heat, also discipline, change, tolerance, spiritual effort, and transformation. I love that this niyama, tapas, comes right after santosha. Very suiting. In countless cultures throughout history, fire has been a symbol of transformation. To this day, when we walk in the fire of life and go through whatever it is that burns our soul, when we come out on the other side, we come out stronger. But the fire is not always comfortable. In discomfort, there is growth. It requires discipline. The word discipline comes from the word disciple. It is that thing which moves deep inside the fire within that wants to sparkle and gets us off the couch and invites us to practice over and over again. Whether it's training for a marathon, getting on your yoga mat, joining a yoga training, sitting in meditation, or any similar activities which we know is for our greater good, tapas tells us just to do it. Just do it. So today I ask you, what is it that's holding you back? It's time to rise above and move forward and through the fire. I'm going to say move through the fire of your life. What is the fire of your life? And can you move through it? Sometimes our biggest failures are our biggest teachers. What is your sacred moment, right? So surrender to the discomfort and know that transformation exists on the other side. More often than not, we come out as better people. So yes, more often than not, when we go through these crazy situations in life, whether it's recovery, divorce, death, poverty, whatever it is that you have to go through, illness, sick, if you can actually go through it and you can go through it as a spiritual warrior, you will come out on the other side and you will come out as a better version of yourself. We choose to forsake momentary pleasures for future rewards. This is what I was talking about when I said many times I said no to concerts and parties or whatever it was because I have a mission and, you know, I had a vision and that's why I still do. When in our lives there are moments of pain, we connect to the fire within and let it burn. Never running away, but always looking at it in the eyes and remaining steady. Find your zero point, find your center, stay centered. After darkness, there is light, and I guarantee I have gone through a lot of dark moments of the soul in my life. And, you know, there is light. Sometimes when you think that there is, it's like, that's it. You know, when you think that you've hit your really rock bottom, then you see tiny little sparkle of light, and you grasp onto that. And then everything starts lightening up around you. You know, it's like one thing leads to another. And it's such a beautiful, beautiful thing. Um, so after darkness, there is light. In one of the next niyamas, Ishvara Pranidhana, we learn to surrender to God, our divine source, and know that there is a higher power and a bigger plan. One of my favorite sayings is a crisis is a terrible thing to waste. <laughs> and as my teacher, Patabi Joyce, always said, practice and all is coming. So my friends, before I open to everyone who's live here, which is you in this session, I will say thank you so much for joining me. In, and I hope that you find your tapas and uh, in your life, your fire that you move through your transformation. And remember, a crisis is a terrible thing to not take advantage of or to release. So believe in yourself. I believe in you. Keep doing what you're doing. Take the next step. Just do it. We're here. We're a community. And we got each other's back. The universe has your back. Namaste. Thanks for listening to the show. I hope you enjoyed this episode. 
go grab a copy of Living Life in Light, A Yogi's Journey. I will include the link where you can purchase the book before it's on Amazon. It will be on Amazon. The new version will be on Amazon in about probably three or four weeks. But you can check out this link that I will leave for you on the show notes. And if you click on it, it will take you directly where you can get the book with the new launch one. So anyways, thanks you guys so much. Help me out. Go on Amazon. Leave the book, Living Life in Light, a five-star review. Help us spread the message. Also, if you can spread the message of Life on Earth podcast by going on Apple Podcasts and giving us a great review, I gladly appreciate it. I hope you're doing amazing. Share this episode with someone you love who can help them. I hope that this brings something in your life that will lighten you up or enhance or even if there's just a few things that you get out of each episode that will make your life better. I am doing my job and I so appreciate you. Thank you so much. I will hope to see you all soon. Love and light. Bye-bye.